0: What is up my dashing dwarves, it's Chris with Tabletops and Tentacles, and this is Die Alone, a solo RPG and game podcast. This week we'll be discussing Dell from Anna Blackwell, but before we dive into the game discussion, a bit of news and updates on the last week. First off, a couple of Kickstarter games and RPGs that I'm backing that are relevant to the audience of this podcast. Uh, Tim Fowers, who I just talked about in the last episode with Burgle Bros 2, has Paperback Adventures live on Kickstarter now. And it is a novel solo word game. So this is sort of based off of the paperback and hardback games that he's released previously. still features really cool art from uh, Ryan Goldsberry. But this is a solo roguelike game system where you play a protagonist from one of the wild brainstorming sessions and you conquer a menagerie of pulp novel characters and it's a uh, deck-building style thing it's got a couple of little, little trays that you move components around on and then as you spell words with letters The different icons in the corners mean different things uh, that your character can do as you're playing. And I think this looks really interesting. I am not 100% sold on it, just because it's like $80 to get all three characters plus the base game. And I don't think that's an unreasonable amount of money, but it's really hard for me to spend $80 on a solo game. But they do, um, they have a stretch goal to add a second player co-op option. And that makes it a lot more appealing for me and my brother to be able to sit down and play. But I think it looks fantastic. I think the, the as always, the art and graphic design is spot on for what it is. And the game itself looks really cool. They've got like a custom play mat you can add for like six bucks. And I am pledging for it right now. Uh, we'll see... We'll see where my, my finances are sitting in 17 days when it, it finishes up, whether I can stick at the all-in pledge or not. But it looks really cool, and I love it. Uh, it's got three different characters that you can play. There's the damsel, the ex machina, and then a mystery character that they haven't revealed yet, um, that they're revealing on the 25th, I believe. And I'm I'm assuming it's going to be Lady of the West, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, also from also live on Kickstarter right now from little rocket games for the next 17-ish days is the blue collection which is a collection of three micro games that you can get all in on for about 40 bucks uh, that includes cyber doom tower insert coin to play and one card dungeon I have very very little interest in insert coin to play it's a like a party game Game and right. But Cyber Doom Tower is a solo or co op 16 bit run and gun where you're collecting passcodes to unlock the top floor of the Cyber Doom Tower and defeat the AI who controls the machines and save the world. And One Card Dungeon is a solo dice placement 32 bit dungeon crawl played on a single card where you're fighting through 12 different levels to reach the final prize, the Scepter of McGuffin, which. <laughs> It's great. Uh, the art's gorgeous in these. It's this beautiful 1632-bit art style. The colors all really spot on, and they're nice, simple, little, compact games. They've got a couple of stretch goals going as well, including like custom dice and a play mat and that kind of thing, which you know is fun. But I'm not really super sold on those. But the games themselves look really cool. I'm, I'm really wavering back and forth on which level to pledge on it because I think both Cyber Doom Tower and One Card Dungeon look fun but I'm not really that interested in the party games so I'm kind of bouncing back and forth whether to go all in or just get one of them but that is called the Blue Collection and it's live on Kickstarter right now. And finally uh, Tanya De Pass is running an original afro-futurist tabletop role-playing game called into the motherlands and this looks fantastic it's not a solo rpg but just purely as a setting i think it looks amazing its art is beautiful and fantastic it's a full uh diverse cast of creators that they've pulled into this and it's a genuinely unique RPG world, which is an instant sell for me. The system looks pretty solid. Um, I haven't dove too deep into it. I know they have like a live play that you can watch if you want to see how the system works. But I'll be honest the just the the theme alone sold me on this and I was all in. Um, there's a lot of ground to cover with it so I will just leave a link to it in the description below if you want to go check it out. But it looks amazing. This is their opening paragraph here. A thousand years ago, African Emperor Mansa Munsa sent an expedition to the new world that never arrived. In the mythos of Into the Motherlands, these explorers were instead transported to a strange new world, far, far away. Over the centuries, the descendants of Mansa Munsa still struggle to flourish on Musalia, a world that was once alien to them but is now home. In this all-new tabletop role-playing game, you'll learn about their diverse cultures, see what terrifying enemies await them, and find out if they can continue to survive in their adopted home world. The possibilities are endless. I think this looks so cool. They have different uh groups of them that are like humanoid-plant hybrids. There's a, a hyena-type humanoid, and I just think it looks gorgeous. Uh So that is called Into the Motherlands, and it has almost a month to go still and is just absolutely killing it over on Kickstarter, so go check it out if you are interested in it. I know they have a PDF for... I think it's 25, and then you can get the physical book for like 50 or something like that. So I apologize that this episode is a little late this week. Things have just been kind of weird here, Uh, but I will try and start making Thursday, my regular upload day for Die Alone. If anybody has any suggestions for a different day that would be better, let me know. But Thursday seems to work out pretty well as far as my overall release schedule, aside from this week. (laughs) Um, As always, if you'd like updates on the release, anything I'm playing, or if you'd just like to see other stuff I'm working on, we do have a Die Alone Facebook group over at groups, uh, facebook.com slash groups slash alone pod. I'm also on Patreon at patreon.com slash dapper. Welcome to our new patrons that joined this week. I hope you enjoy being here and being a curiosity with Dialone and Deeply Dapper. Other than that, I don't have much else to talk about. If you are followers of us on Kickstarter, we just released the Troika hack of A Bug's Guide to the Shimmer out to backers. I'm waiting on the proof of that. Hopefully that'll be here soon. And the zine version of the core rules for 3-die-6 are really close to going out to the beta readers on things. So I'm really super excited about that, obviously. But let's get into Delve. I'm really excited about talking about this game. So it's really interesting. Delve is a map drawing game about building a dwarven hold and exploring a vast world beneath the ground. You play the overseer of one such hold and your goal is to find the void crystal, a mysterious gemstone that the underking has tasked you with retrieving. If you manage to find it, your hold will be granted riches beyond compare and tales of your exploits will be told across the realm. So this is a really interesting game and I was instantly into it and... It's definitely one of those that I will probably go back to regularly. I'll probably pimp out a little bit as I play. Um, I, <laughs> I already have a Spotify playlist that I'll link below if you want to check it out that's all like dwarven fantasy music and stuff. But for the most part, I just really enjoy drawing maps anyway and having sort of a guided gamified version of map drawing is a blast for me. Uh So Anna Blackwell created this. It's a... Let me see how many pages it is. Like 48 pages or something like that. And it's a fairly compact zine. But my goodness, there's a lot in this thing. <laughs> so when I first started playing this, I went in completely blind. I opened it up and just started reading the rules. I had my my little graph paper sitting in front of me, and my pencil, and my little microns, and everything, and I didn't really know exactly what I was getting into here. Um, So it sounds fairly simple on the surface. To play Delve, you have a series of prompts, and you have a certain amount of resources. There's trade goods, and there are resources, and they're each represented by... A couple of the different suits in the deck of cards that you play with. To play this you ideally need a deck of cards, some tokens or markers, and like a die or two, and then some paper. And as you play the game you have a certain amount of resources that you can spend to Build rooms, or expand your hold, or dig deeper, or recruit assistants. And you can trade different goods between your trade goods and your your resources to sort of balance what you're spending things on against what you're finding as you're diving deeper into this mountain. And there were parts of this game that I absolutely... A door, and there are other parts that killed me every single time I played. <laughs> uh, so, so as you're playing this, you have a certain amount of resources. You can decide what room, what next step you want to take to building your hold. Whether you want to build a forge or a, a hospital or a, a temple or something like that deep in the depths, or if you want to add a staircase leading down to the next depth of the mountain. And as you do this, you're also turning over cards that either give you more resources, or they trigger some sort of natural formation that you stumble across, or a enemy of some sort that appears in the depths. And that's basically the game, as far as that's concerned. Uh, Those are that's what you do each turn. You. Spend resources as you'd like, you delve deeper into the thing, and you react to the delving. However, there is so much to this game regarding all of that, that I was initially sort of overwhelmed about it. And not in necessarily a bad way, just in a, oh, this is a lot more than I expected diving in. So it took me about a week and a half to really play it often enough that I was comfortable enough with the system and the options. Cause like, so when you are building rooms, you can choose between like 25 plus rooms. Plus, there are traps and barricades and soldiers to recruit. And there's six different types of recruits that you can do. And they can only be in certain rooms. And they offer a different amount of power. I'm boggled at how much stuff is crammed into this 48-page zine. Because that doesn't even touch on spells and ancient monstrosities and legendary finds and adventurers and... All of the different stuff that you can come across in Delve. And I think that's both to its positive and to its detriment, honestly. Um, there were times while playing this, as I was sitting down and drawing my little maps and coming up with these little worlds, that sometimes it was a little much for me. Like, I would have almost preferred like a, a more streamlined one, like trench, I guess, I don't know. Uh, Something that has a little less upkeep and world-building aspect to it, because the combat in this is fun, it's really interesting because it's sort of like a chase through the dungeon, so it gives you a little bit of that dungeon crawl aspect to it, as the creatures that you find do different things. They either dig towards the surface, or dig down, or try to escape through your exits. When you combine like the dungeon crawl aspect, the discovery aspect of finding natural formations, and the world building aspect of building your own rooms and hold in this, it really does start to, it ramps up in a really fun way but it also becomes a little overwhelming until you get really familiar with the system and the options presented to you. And I don't think that's a bad thing by any stretch of the imagination, but it was something more involved than I was expecting for this game. And I think, like, knowing it now, I'm super into going back to this at times and just saying, hey, I want to play some Delve. And it's fairly easy to just crank out and have ready to go. I've stopped one map, done a different one and come back to that map. And um, overall, I think that it works really well as a solo game. However, I actually played this with my brother as well and as a co-op game. This is super fun, because we kind of assigned different things to each other, and we talked about what we were going to do on each turn, and it made the game a little longer, but it does work really well as sort of a co-op heads together, making decisions about building a hold type of game, too. And I was really impressed with that, because that's something that a lot of the other solo games I've played so far don't work for. Uh, like... The Wretched is not a good uh, team game. It doesn't work that way. And I think part of that is that so many of the solo games revolve around isolation and emotion and telling a story through your own thoughts and the way you play the game. Whereas this, you are literally in charge of a hundred dwarves crawling around in the undergrowth here. And it's a very different game experience. And I do think that it's one that lends itself to a certain type of mood a lot more than the other ones do. And like I said, that's to both its benefit and detriment to an extent. One thing that I love is the map drawing, obviously. I think it's really fun. I think that it's sort of a a therapeutic thing but there were other little upkeep things that i found myself wishing i could streamline a little bit as i played uh the the deck of cards is one of those things where you use it as a die substitute if you don't have any dice to play with and theoretically you should be shuffling that same card back into the deck every time you pull around through because you've got a couple of cards you've pulled to represent dice rolls if you're not using dice and then you have like a card to represent something you've discovered on that turn and i found myself shuffling the cards back in every six or seven cards that i pulled out because the constant reshuffling of the deck was just i i get why it was done it was done in part to sort of give a certain level of uh, percentage of expectation of what you're going to get each time, but in actual execution I felt like that part was a little off to me, and the less I shuffled the more, like, kind of off the game got, and so there's There's a few things that I've considered changing as far as that's concerned just purely for my own enjoyment of the game, like doing maybe a token system in a bag or something like that where I could just throw them all in and shake them up and pull it out. I'm so bad about playing something and wanting to pimp it when it's this kind of thing because one of the things that appeals to me about solo RPGs is that it is literally like a zine and then I'm like oh I should get some coins and make some tokens and (laughs) and I think part of it is just that it's because I'm here by myself and I just I'm trying to enhance the play experience versus playing with somebody else in the room kind of thing but I'm awful about it and If you guys don't like that, I apologize. But I just, I can't stop myself from seeing it and being like, oh, I should change this. Or I could tweak this a little bit. And one of the things I do love about these indie solo games is they're super into that too at the same time. Like I made a uh, fillable map sheet for this that you can pull up that has like stalactites and stalagmites on it. Because I got tired of drawing that part of the cave after my fourth map I drew. And, like, I posted it on there, and and I retweeted it, and that kind of thing. And I think that that's really cool. Like, they support hacks of the games and adjustments to it. And as I played this, I could already see myself wanting to do, like, a Shimmer adaptation of 3D6 as a Delve game. I think that could be super fun. And that's not a criticism of these games. I think, if anything, it's a... Celebration of how great the systems are that you want to live in them longer and do more with them. And that's, I mean, just Anna alone, she's released a sci-fi version of this that I'm really into checking out. It's called Umbra and you're controlling like a space station instead of a dwarven hold. And that might suck me in a lot more than this does. As much as I enjoy this, and I like the fantasy trappings of the traditional dungeon crawl, the idea of a a sci-fi base is really exciting to me. That said, the maps that I did make in Delve were fun as hell. Uh, One of them got flooded right away, and water is my bane in these games because they... It's a neat system. It like it follows gravity, and so it'll flow a certain distance, and it'll go down ladders and flood things. And to get get free of the menace, you have to like uh, you have to like build barricades and then drain the rooms or put in pumps and that kind of thing. First of all, the fact that that system exists in this boggles my mind. The amount of mechanics and trickiness behind all of this is crazy. Like there were little things that happened when I'd uncover a monster or a natural formation that played into stuff that I'd already done so perfectly that it felt like it had been planned, despite the fact that it was all totally random. I'm amazed at how nice the system is for that type of experience, where you're just like, oh, look what I just found. I discovered a satanic clown church right next to the temple that I just built and then I flooded the whole thing on accident (laughs) and I have this like weird unlucky streak where the second I build a barracks in a hospital everything gets flooded with like poisonous gas and so I did not survive I never won this game but it was really fun to keep going back to it and I played it So I played it four essential different ways. I ended up actually playing it about six times over the last two weeks, but I played it four major different ways. Number one, I did it sort of the way it was intended as I played in that I plopped down my one inch grid, And as things happened, I drew them with my microns and just nice little details. I drew silly little dwarves doing things and golems slaving away at forgotten forges and things like that, which was a blast, and I really enjoyed doing that. Um, However, it got a little tedious after a while because I didn't die right away in that game, shockingly. And so the more detailed the map got, the the longer the game took and the less i started getting out of the experience and more out of the drawing so for the next one i tried to find kind of a little bit more of a balance of that i printed up my little map grid that i made and the artwork was a little more basic didn't do as much detail in it i played with the design a little bit as i went and that was a little i think that worked better I did a lot worse at that game, so that's probably not a fair judge. But I enjoyed it in a way that was sort of different from the other one. This one I had more of a cohesive dungeon map than I did on the previous one because the other one I was trying to tell a story through the art as I was going. Both really fun, both very different ways of playing. So for number three, I... (laughs) I grabbed a whole pile of colored markers and I used different markers and cubes like game cubes on the map itself to represent different events and things as they happened. So when I got flooded I put a bunch of blue cubes along it to represent those rooms being flooded and that was a blast. I actually really enjoyed that system of play where I had sort of that tactile board game feel to it fairly easily like you could just as easily have done that with uh coins or pennies or something like that but the cubes representing the water and then like the creatures I and then like my soldiers I use tiny little dice uh tiny little six-sided dice representing the different factions that you could have represented on the board and that type of additional tactile feel to it It gamified it a little more, and I found my play a little more fast-paced. And I think that that's actually to the benefit of the game. (sighs) I went into Delve thinking, oh, I'm an artist. I need to draw everything perfectly in this and make it look amazing as I'm playing. And I came to realize that that's... It's part of the game, absolutely, but the strategy and the flow of doing things in Delve is just as important, if not more so than the map itself, which is really funny because it's a map drawing game. So for the last time I played, just for shits and giggles, I took my grid, I took some colored pencils, and I literally just wrote the word down. And I couldn't stop myself from doing little doodles every once in a while, but instead of drawing a forge, I just wrote FORGE across a room. And sometimes I'd throw a little note in that that meant, oh, I could have this many people in the barracks, and that kind of thing. Ugh, it feels blasphemous to say so, but I kind of enjoyed that method of play the best. Because I could just pull out a piece of paper, a deck of cards, and a few coins, and start playing right away. And it totally changed the the play flow of the game in a way that I was thinking more about the logistics of the world building and delving than I was the artwork. And I think that could just be something with the way my brain works. But I do love that the system of Delve and what she's created here is... So versatile that it worked both ways really effectively. And this isn't even touching on the other stuff in here. There are spells and ancient monstrosities. I had a giant underground kraken appear at one point that, like, filled my tunnel and killed half of my guards. And I had a alien queen insect thing show up and start spawning nests all around my... That's it's really cool. I... Definitely recommend Delve without reservation, particularly if you have an interest in sort of that, like, SimCity meets a dungeon crawler, in a way, that I was genuinely surprised with. Um, I think that ultimately one thing that I may end up doing with this is creating, like, some single-page printouts that I could do that have like a sum up of what rooms I can do and how much they would cost because flipping through five pages to figure out which rooms to build each turn got a little overwhelming and I started half-assing things and forgetting to build certain things and that took away some of the enjoyment at times. So I think there's definitely ways to take this game and say, okay, we're going to tweak this, we're going to adjust this to suit my playstyle. and that's not saying that the game is flawed it's what it's saying is that this game has enough flexibility that you can look at it and say oh this is how i would prefer to play it and it can do that and that's not the case with a lot of the other games that are out there like even the wretched as much as i love it and i love all of the spin-offs from it there are aspects of that that if you don't embrace And play how it's intended. You don't get the full experience of the game. And there's so much in Delve. And it's so like. Elegantly slotted together. That you can pull one or two out of the slots. And still have everything work really well. And that's. Mind-boggling to me. I love it. Um, So that's Delve. I hope I explained it as much as I did just talk about my learning curve with it Um, and if I make it sound daunting it's not that daunting it really is just like four steps each round and most of it is just deciding which rooms to build and seeing what you find when you go into the tunnels which was my personal favorite part honestly I could have left off all of the the city building stuff and just had the pure dungeon crawl going through and discovering natural formations and creatures And still had a blast with this game. And it still would have fulfilled a certain niche of my needs. As well as this did a lot of the others. A lot of fun. I really enjoyed Delve. I'm genuinely excited about checking out Umbra. And the other hacks and aspects and rule sets and stuff for this. Um, There's even a couple of like optional rules in the back. And like challenges that... I may just not be good enough at to play, (laughs) but I love that it has that in there and that that option is there for you to modify your game if you want to play it a different way, if you want a treasure hunting challenge or kill a certain number of creatures, that kind of thing. So I definitely recommend Delve, I will leave links to it below. You can check it out on Itch, you can get physical copies of it, I think it's on drive-through as well. It's a really tightly designed, really cool little game that I'm gonna have to do a little more with at some point here and really like check out that sci-fi version and what other different ways you can play this there are. Next week we're going to be playing Four Against Darkness. We'll see how this goes, but I don't know if it's going to be my type of game, but we'll see. One of the things I love about dungeon crawls so much is the uh, the unpredictable aspect of you and your partners and as you play how it happens and that kind of thing, which is ironic since I made a solo dungeon crawl aspect to Three Dice Six be so prominent, but Four Against Darkness is a solitaire dungeon-delving game that may also be played cooperatively. No miniatures are needed. All you need is this book, a pencil, two dice, and grid paper. You choose four characters from a list of classic types. Warrior, Wizard, Rogue, Halfling, Dwarf, Barbarian, Cleric, Elf, you equip them and venture into dungeons created by dice rolls in your own choices you fight monsters manage resources grab treasure dodge traps find clues and even accept quests from the monsters themselves your characters will level up becoming more powerful with each game if they survive So I do like the look of this game. I think it's really interesting. I think the balancing of the four characters is either going to be my favorite part of this or something I hate. And I'm actually really curious to see which it is. We'll find out next week on Die Alone. Uh, You can find Four Against Darkness on pretty much any site. Um, I'll have links below to, like, drive-through. You can get it from Amazon. I think that's where I ended up getting mine was, like, the POD through Amazon. And the book's great. It's a good copy, good quality. So I'll put links below. You can also find them on our Facebook group or over at tabletopsandtentacles.com if you want to go there to link. As always, you can also follow along in our group on Facebook at facebook.com slash group slash alone pod. And I will be kind of posting my thoughts as I play and as I go along. And I'll also be posting uh, pictures of some of the maps from Plank Delve and stuff on there so you can kind of get some peeks at the disasters I created as I played. You can also find me on Twitter at DialoneRPG. And I'm Not on there a ton, but I try to tweet at least once or twice a day. As always, thank you so much for listening and supporting indie creators. If you're a game designer and you have a game you'd like me to play, or if there's a solo game out there you think I should check out, message me on social media through the contact page at tabletopsandtentacles.com or tabletopsandtentacles at gmail.com. It's pouring outside. I don't know if you guys can hear that or not, but that's why it suddenly sounds different in here. Whee! It's raining in Idaho. It's exciting. Uh, (laughs) As always, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you again real soon. And remember, we all die alone.